It's me, Eddie Stevens. I'm back in my shed today, a very special day. Um, the time is now approximately 11.45 p.m., but it's about to be approximately 11.45 a.m. Now, what does that mean? What's going on with time? Am I losing my mind? You're not losing your mind. It's just that I already recorded a podcast episode, all right? And this is just an intro that I'm adding in later. It's actually quite simple, and I don't know why you're getting so confused about it. But I'm very happy you're listening. I have some very special guests on this podcast, because as I mentioned, it is a special day. It is my 200th episode of Rugby Ranta Banter. How fucking exciting is that? Um, And because it's so fucking exciting, I've got some fucking exciting guests. I have um, three quarters of Mallover Rugby. Which three quarters? I guess you'll find out if you bother to listen. I have various members of the Rugby Brethren nipping in and out of my shed. And a very special guest, his first time in my shed, the incredible Tim Cocker. So happy that he came and joined me in my shed. They all came in my shed. And I now invite you to do the same. Please come in my shed and enjoy Rugby Ranta Banter episode 200. Let's go. Hi, Shedies, it's me, Eddie Stevens. I'm in my shed. It's 11.43 a.m., my time, but it's also 6.43 p.m. Brethren time. Brethren time meaning UK time, because I have some very special guests today. Starting off with a first-timer to my shed, a shed virgin. We have Brother Jonesy. Hello. Edward. Happy 200. Thank you very much. Uh, And then we have the return of... Three quarters of uh, Mallover Rugby podcast. I was very upset. I thought I was going to be able to do what Mallover themselves have been unable to do and bring all four of them together. But uh, Brother Phil Elkins has excommunicated himself temporarily from the Brotherhood. And we have Brother Ben Eustace. Hi, Eddie. Brother Russ Milsom. What's up, Eddie? Hello. And then Brother Doug. Hello. Okay, and then finally, one final visitor. This is like a visit from the, uh, I was going to say uh, the rugby pope, uh, rugby brethren pope, but I should be the, the pope, really, shouldn't I? This is more a saint. Saint Tim Cocker is here. Congratulations, Eddie. How are you doing, mate? Well done on I'm the doing... COVID, buddy. Oh, God, can you believe it? Um, everybody's imagine, talking about it. What it would, how many you podcasts you'd have done if you did one every week? That's a horrible thought. <laughs> um... I'm punching above my weight as it is. And I think we have the return of another Brethren member. I think Brother Duncan just stepped back in. Are you here, Brother Duncan? I am I am now here, Eddie. Yes, congratulations. Fantastic. Oh, God. Thank you. Um, yeah, he had some technical issues. And we don't know. We may get some surprise guests. Some of them welcome, some unwelcome. And you know who I'm talking about. Um, how was everybody's weekend, first of all? Yeah, good. Anything? Darts, um, Eddie. Darts. Loads and loads of darts. Nice. Moist. Yeah. Moist. 
Yeah, and a, and a shit Airbnb. Mm. Not not the shittest. That that's uh, something I'll share some pictures of with the brethren later. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Uh, anyone else do anything fun? I myself, um, I was just hinting at this. I think you stepped out of the room, Tim Cocker. I'm experiencing what it's like to be a recovering meth head because um, <laughs> it, I, I've, I, you've heard me talk about my ADHD, right? So I have been, I've been accused of having ADHD amongst other things for years and years. But my theory has always been that I'm just a bit stupid. But I got f- officially diagnosed with ADHD and then prescribed Ritalin, which I don't know if they do that in the UK. But it's essentially, um, I think it's a form of meth. It feels like a form of meth. I took it for a few days and it was awesome. Um, and uh, two nights ago, I was awake all night having like full on body sheet seizures and spasms. Um, and I'm now homeless. So I've, <laughs> so I've, that's, that's the short story, but I've stopped, I've stopped taking them, but I am now, if you'd, have, if we'd have done this podcast two days ago, it would have been much more exciting. I'd have been much more fired up and unhinged. And as it is, as it is now, I just sort of want to, I just want to curl well, up and... I think this is why, Eddie, no one volunteered too many stories when you said anyone had a good weekend, because your average week makes oh, I know. most of us feel dull as anything. Uh, and this is nothing, and I, did a, I had to do a comedy show on the weekend uh, whilst going through withdrawals, um, and it's a comedy show that I host um, every month, and it has the same fucking people come out every month. So it's a weird thing where it's like, you're grateful they come back, they're loyal audience members, but it means I have to do new shit every time. And uh, it was a struggle this weekend. The highlight, two highlights of the show. One was when I um, aggressively accused the audience of implying that my penis doesn't work. And then the second was when I uh, talked about my, my racist 10-year-old son. And uh, I think I talked about this in our group chat, didn't I? My, uh, my, no, 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 don't drag me into that. Um, no, this is my 10 year old son who, um, racially assaulted my Hawaiian friend at a restaurant. So we're sitting, my, 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 he's, he's Hawaiian. Okay. So he's Polynesian, but we're sitting in, in the restaurant that he's a manager at. I won't name it. And my son calls him over and for some reason just says, and my son knows him, but not well enough to joke around with. He's 10. It would be weird if they were friends. I would assume my friend is trying to fuck my son if they were hanging out regularly. But he calls him over and he says, in this weird, like, deep south uh, sort of redneck accent, you know, he just goes, are you the manager here? And my friend goes, yeah, I'm the manager. He goes, and how did a Chinese boy like you get that job? And then every... and, And I went... And I didn't expect him to say it. And I grabbed my son. I went, oh, oh, uh, he's not, sorry, he's not Chinese. And uh, my friend goes, yeah, I'm not Chinese. And then my son just goes, fine, Korean, whatever. And it's like, (laughs) and I had to excuse my son, my 10-year-old son, for just being a bit (laughs) old-fashioned. I was like, sorry, he's, uh, he's, uh, he he is. Um... So it just shows. It doesn't matter how you... I didn't raise my son to be a, an old man from Alabama, but that is what he has become. What, what you got planned for 200, Eddie? Uh, pff, nothing. 
Um, can no, we do, um, can we do at some point? Can we do an Ask Me Anything for Eddie? We could do an Eddie AMA. That's a great idea. Um, <laughs> Russ, what was that reaction? <laughs> Russ just <laughs> orgasmed at the thought of that. Just the noise. <laughs> well, I loved it. Uh, yeah, let's do that at some point, and then um, let's. Um, we're going to briefly talk about podcasting, and I hope Jonesy and Duncan don't mind that. And they can probably jump in as uh, huge fans of all the podcasters in this room, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Vaguely remember. (laughs) Russ, did... Yeah, that's a good point. Um, So we'll get on to that because um, we're going to sort of talk about the trials and tribulations, the challenges of podcasting. Um, And uh, I feel like I've talked a lot... So let's start with Mallover. So Mallover, the, the, speaking to you as a, as a collective voice, uh, will there be more Mallover, and will it be consistent? Uh, you or me, Russ? Um, you go first, Doug, and, and then we'll, um, we'll take it from there. It, it's a challenge to talk for an hour a week about something that's so profoundly shit at the moment. That's that's the bottom line. Ed. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I, so I was listening to your lot today, Tim, and um, like fair fair fucks here. You you really put a positive spin on it, but like it is not. It is just objectively not a good product, and it and it's done. It, it sort of reminds me of how Formula One went for a bit, where it was like just trying to change shit to make it entertaining, but. Eventually, what Formula One realised was, you know what, we can't make this any more entertaining. So we should probably just get back to what it was and just make mm. it like about pretty cars and going fast. Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to watch games where Craig Maxwell Keys is the best player on the pitch. That's that's just how it is. And even, I I want to talk about it even less. Yeah. That that's the that's the problem, isn't it? I found myself, and you know, we we've. The steady decline of them all over. over Sorry, over Russ, I remember what I was going to say. Russ, let me just finish because I, I remember what I thought while I was listening to Egg Chasers. It was the fact that you guys can, can put a positive spin on it and talk about the positive aspects of rugby when rugby does everything it can to not be positive and focus on the wrong thing. So even when Rob Baxter's coming out and saying we need to look at the good stuff about rugby and we need to do X, Y, Z, and we've got to be careful sort of how I tread around this with like my work situation, but when within five minutes of a Rugby World Cup match starting, all the commentators are talking about that should be a card, that should be a red, that should be this, that should be that, the referee's done this, the referee's done that. It's like, Jesus Christ, what am I watching here? It's like it's like you're watching Judge Judy overseeing a rugby match every single game. There's, there's nothing. Like, you get the odd bit about, oh, that was a great offload or it was this or it was that. Very rarely do we talk about great defence. Very rarely do we talk about, like, the, the, the really positive sort of tactical elements of rugby. It's all about the negativity and like cards and we've got to stop this and we can't do that. And our game's not this and it doesn't do that anymore. And I don't know. It just, I, I can't, I think the reason we stopped Russ was because we just couldn't be positive. Right. That that was the main thing. And it, then it was, it became, it became really hard to motivate ourselves to then get together to actually talk about it. 
and that can't be fun. That can't be any fun for people to listen to. I, that, I was here for the negativity. Trying to be no, <laughs> yeah. but trying to trying to even even find a glimmer of 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 hope in for me. Try, even trying to watch it. So I I found myself making time for watching rugby less and less. Where there used to be where there used to be a, <laughs> Sorry. a period of my life where I would I would revolve it around watching. So look at look at this dishevelled mess of a man. <laughs> oh, man. Eddie, it appears someone has just been masturbating as <laughs> uh, always Matthew. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Sorry boys. That's... Oh, it's hot. I've just, I've just been sweating out on the shitter. Brother Matthew is here. Yeah. <laughs> um, all good. Someone all good. just shat all over your point, Russ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Almost yeah, literally by the looks of him. A big oh, sweaty shit all over. It was bad. Over, it was so. rough. It was rough. Anyway, carry on. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, no, what I was saying is that <laughs> I found it increasingly more difficult to to watch rugby. Not because I didn't necessarily want to, but I found myself wanting to do lots of other things more. And whereas it's Sunday afternoon, where I I'd, I'd almost religiously sit down on a Sunday at three o'clock and, and watch a Sunday afternoon game on, on BT Sport, I was doing quite literally anything else. And then mm. when you've got a, a platform that it's solely for talking about rugby that you've not watched then it just becomes it becomes utterly pointless and and the and the abject nature of of my whole attitude towards it i felt i just felt awful and russ Russ fell out of rugby so much he spent time with his family yeah and we all know how uh how difficult that was and but even during the world cup yeah there's the the old cornish internet again oh no for a brief second I started to really enjoy rugby again. There was, like, you know, the first thing, the England game, even with the red card. Like, I, I just started to get back every day, terrestrial television. It was on, it was around, it was brilliant. Mm. And then by the end of the World Cup, it was like, oh, God, it's become tiresome again. And and that's why, for me, you know, making a making a podcast about something that you don't and, and not in love with anymore, it's a bit like... Uh, Coming out of a, a bad relationship, I guess. Trying to find some hope elsewhere, and I haven't mm. found any yet because it's certainly not golf. What in your relationship or what? Just <laughs> with rugby, mate. I'm not going to make any revelations about my personal life. On this All right. Ben, I mean, oh. you, you, you. Do you want to? Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I thoroughly enjoyed the World Cup, and I. I enjoyed the Six Nations up until the point oh, they started dishing out red oh, cards. Be nice but... to the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun, isn't it? Um, but, <laughs> but I think I we said just before we started recording. I don't think the Premiership's ever re- recovered from lockdown, and I don't think it really resembles international rugby anymore. Um, <clears> and I, you know, I, I find it difficult to to get too excited about it and. And, you know, back in the day, the at least the sort of last few rounds of the European Cup used to be amazing, but that kind of seems to have gone off the boil as well. And it was like, as Russ said, it was like, I'm not watching it, so I can't really talk about it. You know what? That was almost the beginning of the end. Like, 
the when it was the Heineken Cup and it was a lovely format and everybody understood it and it was just a brilliant tournament that was that was filled with the best teams in Europe yeah. playing the best rugby and it was the top it was sixteen wasn't it? it was four teams of four pools of four I think at one point and then slowly more teams started getting involved and the quality started to decline and if a, if a team lost two two matches in the oh. pool stage they were basically just mailing it in for the rest of it. And then, and then, sort of steadily from there, the the quality in general has just been on the decline. Um, I, and then I think as that, well the, the salary cap bits and all of other bits and pieces. It's just hard. It's just I think when when the Premiership had um, Saracens and Exeter sort of at their peaks at the same time, it kind of resembled an international game. Whereas now, it just it, it just appears it's a different style. It's so it's much more open. Yeah, um, and and now there's half as many games as well because there aren't any clubs left. So yeah, there's there's a nice positive spin for your two hundredth pod, Ed. No, it's perfect. Um, at some point, I want to get um, I want to ask Jonesy and Duncan and the newly arrived brother Matthew something. But uh, Tim, do you share? I mean, as as a podcaster who um, has relentlessly released weekly if not more often than that podcasts for years and years and years do you share this uh disgusting negativity towards the game because yeah because because i personally i it's i i know where you're coming from guys like i i see all that but i've never really lost the the urge to watch or the enjoyment that i have for the game and there's things about it that frustrate me now but it almost makes me want to talk about it even more. So what do you think, Tim? Well, I'll, I'll say that I'm coming down off the, the high of being in France and experiencing the World Cup there. And mm. this just feels like this is a bit like you coming off, off your drugs. Like, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You need oh, something harder to get back there, Eddie. Um, <laughs> so so I, I understand the apathy. It doesn't, it, it, I, and I've been saying this on the podcast and trying to be positive about it, but it it, it, it doesn't feel like it was in, in years gone by or like I remember mm. when I was a kid. But I think g- generally, I. it all comes from the fact that Rugby's the one thing in my life that there's always been the constant, like the passion. Right. From six, right. six years old, going to my local rugby club, and it sort of gave me a sense of identity. And then I, where kids were saying, I want to be a professional footballer, I want to be an astronaut or whatever, I remember, um, I can remember saying to my mum, yeah, I want, to be the, I want to be the chief rugby writer for The Telegraph at like eight years old or some shit. So, um, what a nerd. The, 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 the podcast, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> The, the podcast, to be honest, it was, it, 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 I was like, right, I'm going to do it myself because I, I thought Media City's coming to Manchester where I was living. Right, this is it. I mean, I'm going to get in, and I just couldn't do it. The, uh, Dougie will probably know a bit about this. The BBC is just an, it, just impregnable. Uh, there's, there's obviously yep. some type of person you have to be or some way you have to dress. There's some some secret password or handshake to get beyond the doors. I couldn't do it, so I went, I'll, I'll yep. just do it. I'll just right. do it myself. Sod it, I'll do it myself. And it just happened that that start that, that the the podcast started at the same time. And I tried doing one on my own first, which doesn't work doing it on your own. No, absolutely. Um, it doesn't work, does it? I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but mate, that's the biggest. Um, and I think I've said this on our podcast before a number of times. That's the biggest uh, like feather in your cap is you managed to do it on your own because I, I found it really hard. Anyway, so it just so happened that, that I started the podcast. 
at the time when Sky Sports had lost the rugby, BT Sport, had, or did it go somewhere else in between that? Satanta or something? I can't remember. Mm. BT Sport had just taken it on, and all their, it was the only podcast there was. So that's, that's so that, that's how it ended up working from that point of view. But bottom line, I could I could talk about rugby even when I'm pissed off about it. So I just I love it that much. Like last night, I was I now coach Manchester Metropolitan University team. Coach my son's team on a Sunday. Tomorrow I'll be back at the university because they've got a match. I like I, I fill as much of my life as I can with it. So I am a proper rugby nerd. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's kind of how I feel too. I mean, in terms of like the obsession I have with watching and thinking and talking about uh, rugby and mainly Premiership and English rugby. Um, like I sometimes think like it's almost like this ongoing soap opera that never gets boring to me. You know, the other, t- I feel like most forms of entertainment you get tired of, but I feel like rugby, even these lower points, it's almost like uh, just a new storyline. Now I sound like a fucking nerd. Um, but what about, okay, let's talk to, uh, is brother Matt there still? Matthew? He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. Shit. He's got an on suite. Uh, <laughs> by the way he's not quite this he's is not quite finished it's this very it's like a video representation of our group chat matt comes in and offends everyone and then disappears again <laughs> um and he'll, but he'll be back we know nice he'll be back that's nice the problem of, nice collection of bird photographs above his bed What's that? oh did you What's i didn't that? see that those, those aren't the first bird photographs he's shared with us either no oh does he do that with you too <laughs> <laughs> Well, Matthew and I... One of them's a bullfinch, I can tell you that much. Oh, there he is. What do you want? Where did you go? What do you want? Where did you go? Uh, to answer the phone. Oh, okay, fair enough. We were just talking about... Um... I can't even remember anymore. Um, um, all over guys were just explaining why they've sort of fallen out with rugby. Um, and then Tim explained why he hasn't really fallen out with rugby. And as someone who likes to... Uh talk about cricket in the middle of a England World Cup uh, knockout match. What are your feelings on the, on the state of rugby right now? You don't care. Shit. Shit. Next. Okay. Okay. Um, awful. Oh, awful. Uh, I just, it's so hard to watch nowadays. Is it real? I don't get it. Um, You've got nothing else to don't... do. You live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere in America. You get, you get pressed about hot <laughs> air balloons, my man. I don't. They don't depress me. They irritate me. And there's a lot of shit going on. Depressed about them. Oh, pressed. I thought you said depressed. Sorry, that's my mistake. I listen. I got a lot of good shit. Can I just say? Can I say? Not seeing a mall over podcast land in my inbox uh, pisses me off. It did. I'm over it now because it's been so long. And (laughs) right. uh, I was going to say you must be used to it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm used to that now. But but when. when it, when you first stopped doing it, and and those weeks when Eddie wouldn't do one, that used to totally oh. ruin my week. Genuinely, <laughs> piss me right off. That's I'm good. Left, I'm left with the rest of them. Yeah, I don't I don't listen to any of the others because no, I don't. Every other podcast apart from Eddie and you guys is a complete fuckwit. I do quite like. Well, actually. If you say there's blood, what... blood and mud, Eddie, I'm going to... No, 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 I, no. I hate blood and mud. 
I, I hate it. Do you know JB got them started? He oh, he set, he set them on their way. Are, uh, didn't really? you know Rugby Dungeon were one of them? Uh, I, I, I didn't, but uh, JB, no, may, JB but, yeah, may well have done. He basically they used our setup to do their first podcasts, and we we sort of got them going. Hmm. So, oh, fucking you! Well done. No. <laughs> I I'll occasionally watch a. Them and their ilk are responsible for a lot of where rugby is at the moment. I agree. I agree with that. I'll, I'll occasionally, I'm occasionally guilty of listening to a, like a YouTube clip from whatever the one is with Jim Hamilton, but that's because I really like Jim Hamilton and I won't make any other comments about that podcast. <laughs> um, uh, Jonesy, do you hate rugby? Yeah, pretty much, but it's still what I, <laughs> I'm stuck with. I'm like you in that. Right. I don't do any sport, so... I share right. Right. <laughs> for it, but what am I going to do? Sit with Matt and have a crap and a wank. There's eight of us on this chat and six of us can't be bothered with rugby anymore. Yet we <laughs> cared enough about rugby five or six years ago to actually watch all the games and sit down and talk about it and record it and release it to the public and now we're yeah. so alienated by this game that we can't be bothered to do it yeah. well, I'm st- well I'm still doing all the content and I've, I've started the YouTube thing but I've been like um, I've, I've been pied off in every other sense well yeah. Tim you're not alone I think, in, uh, I think not they're... getting any, other, any rugby work at the moment <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, there's, I um... think I think the way it all goes down on social media doesn't help, does it? It's like, like just the minute anything happens, someone's made a clip of it, and it's the next three well, days it... everyone's arguing about it on yeah. Twitter, and it, it just grinds you down after clips, a while. Well, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, Duncan, brother Duncan, let's bring him in on this because I feel like. I see you at a fair few games. You're always getting out yeah. there, and uh, and so uh, you must not be completely out of love with it. What do you feel yeah, about I, this? I went to two games this weekend: uh, the men's Leicester Tigers Northampton game, and then the future of uh, Leicester Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, which was you know quite the same. They were basically equal. Uh, I think you know yes. people pay for all of them is inevitable, really, because the standard was exactly the same. Uh, but Absolutely. Uh, it was very entertaining. But what was better about the women's game was that there was no TMO. No, and I think that is the biggest problem in rugby. Yes, sport, and it ties yep. in with everything that everyone else talks about. The only sports that don't have issues at the moment are the ones where there's some kind of obvious break in play for the video challenge system, or where there's no video challenge system at all, or where they basically ignore it unless yep. they really, really have to. And I know it's hard to put that genie back in the bottle, but I think a lot of the issues that people have with sport and with rugby is because the TMO system basically brings out the worst in all of us. It encourages us. If I'm standing there on the terrace and the referee's there squinting up at the big screen, I am going to be shouting out what is going to help my team. Top of my voice. Right. And then you start arguing with people around you on the terrace because you get the ones who just like to defend the referee and you get all of that. And I think some of the co-coms get a little bit addicted to it as well because they think yeah. they can influence 
know what's going Austin on. Austin Healy. Maybe <laughs> subconscious. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's subconscious, but I think that's something you can observe. And I just think if you've binned it all off, so I support Leicester City. We've been relegated this year. There's no VAR in the championship. I know we're winning a lot of games, but that's not what's more enjoyable about it. It's because the ball hits the back of the net and you know you've scored. And it's so much better. So much God, that, I th- such I, a I good point, Duncan. All agree. I reckon we probably all agree, and t- picking up on that, that if Twitter didn't exist, rugby would be amazing. Yeah. If Twitter had never <laughs> happened, rugby would be amazing. Be the in, same on, on, every, on every level. It'd be the same that it was in 2011, 20, 2007, or, you know, it just wouldn't have changed. Certainly, that I have no doubt whatsoever that the high tackle laws wouldn't have changed. Mm. But Twitter. It's it's given a it's given a um, disproportionate voice to a very loud, annoying minority of dickheads. Yeah, and is it? But it feels like Twitter is dying now. It's on its last legs, but the damage has been done, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't think we can get it back. That's the worry. No, maybe not. And I think, unfortunately, the leadership of rugby went so far down the rabbit hole that they've kind of. They can't turn around. It's just the tunnel's got narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower. And now there's just Bill Sweeney's head like poking out at the end, saying, "I'm, I'm lads, I'm stuck," and uh, you know, you can't get him out. Well, that's that's why Mallover and and Eddie, your pod, have been. Obviously, you guys. I hope you do resurrect it a bit more. But it sort of made me feel like fucking. No, it's not just me. Because Twitter just skews reality. So you think, oh my god, I'm like. Am I a, a, a middle-aged fart? Am I am I an old fart now? Or but actually, there's other people that are either also middle-aged negative farts, or that actually are speaking like real people speak. Yeah. Mm. I, one of the turning points for me, I can't remember. Ruff, can you remember who it was? I think it was a Radio Five presenter called me a dinosaur because I said <laughs> I didn't care about player welfare. He's, he's doing some bath time duties at the minute. Oh, he, oh, what's the name of that woman? <clears throat> Rachel Burden. She likes her rugby. No, 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 no. no. It was I one of the rugby name. presenters, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Orchard. No. She's, she's nice. nice. I like it. Um, but yeah, they they, uh, they called me a dinosaur. It's like, well, what? I'm, a di- I'm, I'm like a 40-year-old, I'm a 40-year-old bloke who's watched rugby my entire life and I... I'm a, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, if a Saints mm. player gets injured, am I supposed to send his parents flowers? You know what I mean? I, I, I just wheel out somebody else from the reserves. I don't care. Like, that's the risk. how it goes. That's how sport's been forever. At, at the risk of repeating myself, it's, it, it's, it's performative anyway, isn't it? It's, the easiest way to deal with player welfare would be to play less games. You know, the NFL get what do they play 18 games a season and it doesn't harm the product. You know, you could cut the European cup down to, to the last eight and no one would notice, but that would cost money. So it's easier to just change the rules um, because people like us are still going to watch England. doesn't matter how disillusioned we are. We will probably watch England, you know, nine times out of 10. So what are they losing really? Other than people like us get on a podcast and complain about it. Well, that is the distinction you can draw because actually, I'd say that international rugby is in, in great health. It's looked like the numbers that the World Cup did, both both in terms of the, the advertising money that were generated, the, the profit that was made by Rugby World Cup. Six Nations gets nine, ten million a game uh, every match. Um, it, but, like, but, international rugby is great. It's just club rugby's dying on itself. Why, why is that, Tim? And I, I think that 
that goes all the way back to like a Sky, um, you know, when Sky had the rugby. The only reason they showed club rugby is because international rugby sells, right? The reason the World Cup rated was because it was front and centre at, at prime time on ITV. And there's probably people who just couldn't be bothered to find the remote to turn it over. Mm. Mm. And it's a story you can follow for seven weeks, six, seven yeah. weeks. And there's so no football. The same with the there wasn't any football on for the majority of it. Mm. Mm. I, I, I think we can, we sort of go down this path of, of looking at how many people are watching it. Um, unless those people that are watching it convert into regular viewers and people that contribute to the regular running of the game and, and the financial safety of the game, they don't fucking matter. Because it, it, it's just it's just hollow numbers. It, it doesn't mean anything. So how many players did you see down at Broughton Park, minis or youth after the World Cup? Any new players? Oh, no, there was none of that. There was no players turning up going, I've just watched it on the on the rugby, I wanna I wanna play. I mean I don't know about the mini like the, the level that would happen would be the mini level, wouldn't it? Um, my, my son's in the under sixteens now, so it's, it, it doesn't happen at this level. Actually we've had a couple of lads turn up that don't really play have never played rugby before this year. Which is which is like on the one hand you're like, Oh that's that's pretty cool. On the other hand you're like, Oh my god, how do we <laughs> <laughs> we've got a team that are really yeah. good how do you include lads that have never played yeah, yeah it's, it's but, quite hard but surely that happens sort of every year right like but in my American football days that yeah. would happen every season you'd have a few blokes that turned up and they'd, they'd all be really keen until you you know put the pads on and gave them a whack and then you wouldn't see them again it kind of kind of happens I guess in most sports but I, I don't know I, I'm, I'm not sure I think rugby has gone down the path of chasing like we say viewer figures and numbers and revenue and all this kind of stuff. And it's neglected the people that have actually sustained it. Uh, yeah. And on that, sorry, I realise I'm talking, this is Eddie's podcast and he's not talking very much. So I, I, I don't want to, I think, I, I think rugby's got an opportunity and it'd be interesting, like from an American perspective, like I think there's, there's a massive number of people that if rugby leaned into what it is in the way that you Dougie talked about darts. And I love that episode of your podcast. It's like, shit, he's absolutely right. If rugby leaned into it, there's so many mums who or, or or dads for that matter who who if you said to them you, you want you, you don't want your kid to be a you know you want your kid to have a little bit of substance be able to handle themselves um not just sit and get fat on their computer all day long hand, you know not not get bullied at school get them, get them to your rugby club there's the sort of things it's not pc to say it but if you did i think you can you can actually sell rugby to yeah. to to parents and, and the fact you get a nice, um, you know, good, good crowd of people at, at your local club, good ra- male role models, all that sort of stuff. What's hmm. it like in the states? Oh God! Well, it's non-existent. The, the the knowledge of rugby in the states, especially where I am in the southwest, is as bad as it's ever been. There could it's non-existent. Even with this new U.S. Um, was it Major League Rugby? Um, Nobody knows what people always say the same thing. It's like uh, rugby. That's a, that's like a cross between uh, s- football, soccer, and gay sex. That's what they think rugby is. And I was telling them they're not far off actually. But um, but no, there's no. Everybody thinks it's cool. It used to drive. It used to drive. Yeah, used to drive me crazy because I played rugby here for um, I don't know, fifteen years, and. Uh, 
No one would ever come watch the local team play. Uh, and at one point they were pretty good at, by American standards. And uh, they're much more they're much more focused on if it's not American sports, if it's not like American football, basketball, baseball, it's 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 actual soccer. Like they like that. There's a major league soccer team here that they that they get really into. I can't even see. I just can't see any way, especially with the current climate around rugby. I can't see it developing. I, I, I can't believe they were able to. In fact, I'm an idiot because a friend of mine is the brother-in-law of, I think, the CEO of the national rugby uh, MLL, MLR um, champions, which is the New England team. Um, I forget what they're called, actually, but uh, I could have had him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Free Jacks. Yeah, so I could have had somebody extremely important there on my podcast he said he'd do it and i blew him off because i don't know it's having sex or something something like more fun but I, yeah exactly um and now i've lost my train of thought um yeah i i wanted to if i did interview him i'd ask him how the fuck they're even able to sustain it at all because it's lasted a couple of years and i don't i don't know what kind of crowds they get but um most people don't even know it exists here. It's really hard to watch rugby here. Like, especially now, I wish that um, Ben Bacon, Brother Bacon, was on because uh, he lives. He actually lives in that New England area and uh, we're constantly complaining to each other about how hard it is to get access to pre premiership games uh, or any, any kind of rugby. Now we've got this new thing called the Rugby Network. Has anyone heard of that? I suppose you wouldn't have. But it's um, it's absolute like dog. I don't want to know about. Yeah, it's 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 an <laughs> it's an app that um, is the only way we can watch the Premiership now, unless we do the VPN thing, which I'm too scared to do. Um, uh, not for legal reasons, but because of my incompetence, I feel like I end up getting scammed or something. Um, so got Morris on comms. So, what's that? Is it still got Darry Morris on comms? Oh God! Uh, no, I don't. Well, actually, no, because he only did the the England matches. Um, yeah, I hate that. Darry Morris, by the way, Darry Morris. I love Darry Morris as a player. Like he was one of my favourite players when I was growing up. Um, but yeah, he's not a good commentator. Um, but yeah, I don't know how you could even build build a decent following over here. And I and I do. I mean, look. When I say I still enjoy rugby, I still enjoy watching it. I do, but I am very much um, on the pessimistic side when it comes to the future of rugby because as long as we have this idea that the only thing we should promote in rugby is the negative sides of it, which is what's happening, I, 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 I cannot see it even existing in 50 years, and that's probably being really optimistic. I just don't see any way back. Well, if, if it's run by people with the same uh, well, lack of backbone, like if Dana White was running rugby. Yeah, but Dana White slapped his wife. Yeah, I think I, I think there's there's problems sort of with with how rugby's structured because it's a bit like boxing, isn't it? Where there's like five or six different um, organisations trying to trying to run the same thing. They're all trying to fight for the same space, like with what you guys pointed out with the um what are they calling touch t1 or something 
Oh, oh yeah, the, the new version of Touch T1. Because they don't own Touch. Yeah. Sounds a bit racy. The RFU does own the European League, and the European League has nothing to do with internationals, and internationals want players to do this, but not that international there, because that's run by Summer Nations or what is. Right, what the fuck are we doing? Just... Dunk pointed out during the World Cup, and it was it was actually just pure chance, but it kind of encapsulated the way rugby's going was that when Farrell got penalised for that taking th- too long over the kick, so the, the rule to speed up the game, the first time it was enforced, they went straight to a drinks break afterwards. And it <laughs> it's just like, it's, mm. it's like a metaphor, isn't it? <laughs> a metaphor. You just remind, did I ever tell you that when, I, when they used to play rugby matches, when they used to televise games here, when I was, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, they would go to a commercial break, like during the match. So someone, especially if somebody scored during the conversion, they would cut to a commercial break and then come back, and it'd be the middle of play. That's a great way of growing the game. Yeah, you could do it with scrums. Though, when there's like... <laughs> well, potentially, yeah. I don't know. I think we're supposed to love scrums. Three resets. Now. You're back back in the game. Yeah. You could do the John Lewis advert in the in the time between scrum resets, <laughs> couldn't you? Nice and cheery for your two hundredth, Eddie. We're not, uh, we're not, we're not no, this is this, this is the way I like it. Um, well, I, but people, okay, we'll, talk about we'll take a <laughs> fuck it out. Do you know what? Well, I have no, just as I, depressing. Though. It's weird. Okay, good. It's weird that rugby and cricket seem to go hand in hand. Everybody who likes rugby seems to like cricket. I just have no... I don't even understand it. I've never really... I've never played it. I've it's never watched it. But, I'm, but So, well, I went to school in England. I played cricket in PE, but I never, like, cared about it or got, got into it. I also don't play baseball, if that's... Um, although I do quite enjoy baseball. Hasn't no fantasy rugby draft just ruined? Uh, yeah, because well? yeah, because we're playing fantasy rugby, but it, there's without the actual draft, it's stupid. I hate the fact that we can all have the same players. So you could yeah. you could know nothing about rugby, and after the first week, look at who the best performance performance are and start trading out for those players. Also, I forgot to. Uh, I didn't realize this last weekend that you couldn't change anyone in your squad once the first game started. So I had a, I thought I would have still be able to trade some of my players uh, for the next day, and I couldn't. So that's fucked me. Um, it's yeah, it's way less that happens, fun. Whatever game we play, you don't read the rules, and then you. Is you... that true? Okay. Uh, well. Yeah. It wasn't clear. I just don't. I don't bother with fantasy rugby because they they release the teams. What well, they're supposed to release the teams two days before, right? And then they change yeah. the team on the match day anyway. So, yeah, that's happened to me too. And, and that happened um, to me week one of the first time I was involved for you lot, and my laptop went in the bin, and <laughs> and then I couldn't be bothered to do it again because laptops are expensive. So yeah, that is too expensive. Did Russ leave? Is Russ is Russ gone? He's putting his kid in the bath or some shit. I don't okay, because he's really bad at he's really bad at fantasy rugby. Yeah. <coughs> Generally, do you know who else is bad rugby. at fantasy rugby? Duncan's really bad at fantasy rugby. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Do you know we don't talk about it? The when we were doing the fantasy rugby draft, I've played it. I don't know how many years in a row. Six. I was playing it with with a different group as well before I I joined yours, and uh, I've I don't think I've ever not made the final, but I've always lost. And that says a lot about me as a person and my life. That could be. <laughs> How many players have you ended that, Put that on my gravestone. I've I've ended careers. I've ended clubs. Um, I did say uh, I did say last week that I think Quinns are going to win the league, and then they got fucking torn apart. I don't want to act like I am solely responsible, but it's pretty weird. Yeah, what are all Eddie's? Um, let's go through. Just Ed, just uh, you just did one then, but like your yeah. your little catchphrases and recurring things on your podcast. There's my time. Oh yeah. There's little Harry Randall yes. running with his candle. Harry Randall running with his candle. Careful, little fella. <laughs> you spill it on your sandal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you know, oh, so many people have messaged me saying that I. <laughs> oh, do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's obnoxious, isn't it? Um, I don't know what no, my... the dog seems to have you've got to seem to have got a fight with the dogs yeah they're the still annoying the sh- <laughs> no no they're, dr- they're fucking awful do you know that I have because um, I uh, well I used to be a personal trainer I don't even consider myself a trainer trainer anymore because in order for me to, to make it sustainable I had to charge people so much that it just seemed ridiculous and um it's not a good area for training anyway, but nevertheless, my my garage is a gym, a pretty nice gym, and I work out in there almost every day, and it for some reason, any time I work out, my dogs think that it's like the apocalypse, and, and they start to panic, and they throw up everywhere. Um, so that was what that happened yesterday. Both my dogs threw up and then tried to eat through a wall because I did some deadlifts. Um, I, fair, I genuinely five hundred kilos though or something. No, no, no. My deadlift is pathetic. Um, it's my worst lift. I'm not even going to tell you the number. My bench is really good, but well, modesty forbids that, that I tell you. Me, I'm absolutely oh good. Orbit at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah. I got Dougie on um, five by five training, which is just five sets of five of these sort of compound lifts. Matt, you've done that, haven't you? Have we talked about five by five training? Big Matt, I've done lots of things that I don't do anymore. <sighs> All right, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Have we, have uh, I yeah. told you what happened when uh, I went to visit Matt at his um, at his eatery <laughs> and establishment the other day. It sounded Go on. Well, we had the eight-course tasting menu with the associated wine pairing, mm. and then a couple of cocktails and whatnot. And I, I went back up to the very nice bedroom that had been sourced for me by Matt, and promptly deposited said eight-course menu with wine pairing into the bath, and had to spend about <laughs> forty-five minutes washing it down with the showerhead. So... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> How long was your dry just got one the next morning? morning? The worst thing about it was there was a lot of like microgreens and stuff all over this food. So oh my god! But there was a there was a twenty four hour beetroot course, and so everything was like beetroot purple. Is that why Matt's face is so red right now? Yeah, something like it that. Was, yeah. It was quite a sight. I've got to admit. I'm just glad. I'm I'm just so thankful that I made it to the bathroom. I couldn't make it the extra five steps to the toilet. But I got to the bathroom. 
Are you sure Matt didn't just slip something in there and get his timing room? <laughs> well, oh my god. I was I was in his room after the meal, to be fair. Yeah, you were. You watched the Formula One movie, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, did. yeah. Jones, Jonesy, you've got some good... Um, Jonesy's got some good uh, Matt stories, I think. No, not really. Oh, did you spend some... I ditched a surprise 30th birthday party and went to his house and drank about six bottles of beer and no one knew where I was. <laughs> Who's this random massive fella in the corner that's drinking beer? <laughs> no, I took the beers down to him. My friends had just just organised a, a, a surprise party in the same place as Jonesy lives. And I messaged him. I was like, oh, you live near so-and-so. And he's like, yeah, I live there. And it was like... Everyone was getting ready for the party, and it was like, oh, big evening, everyone get your glab rags on and everything. About two in the afternoon, I just went off down to Jones's house with, like, a bag of beer, and we sat there and watched Exeter, I think, Exeter yeah. someone. And, like, I didn't have any signal down there, so everybody at the party was like, where the fuck are you? I was just chilling at Jones's house. It was great fun. <laughs> great. Oh, uh, Tim, do you know, you know that uh, JB has done this podcast before? When did he do that? I don't remember that. He did it. He did it. When was it? Because he was he on with. Um... Did he really? Yeah. Well, that's incredible. I, and I didn't even think about that. Day. So on the three hundredth episode, we'll get Phil on. That's what I was about like, to say. Yeah. Right, just just on that, just you need to. So seven hundred and fifty odd episodes I've done with JB. Just let that yeah. sink in. <laughs> that's a lot of hours to have spent with that man. <laughs> You know what I've always wanted to know about, and it's not fair to talk about it, but if I speak to him again, I want to sp- I want to mention this. I remember a long time ago him talking about going to uh, like a comedy open mic, and or it was a contest that he was determined he was going to win, and then all we heard about it later was that he didn't want to talk about it. And yeah, I, I, I did not witness this, but I gather it was a humbling experience. I think that's what I. Oh god, I would love to talk to him about it. I mean, I've got, I've got respect for anyone life. who steps up. Yeah, I've got I've got respect for anyone who steps up. Do you know um, there's a place called uh, Frog and Bucket in Manchester, and it um, it, it has one night every week where it's just a, a slot, and it's the gong. And basically, if you mm. the crowd, the crowd basically dictate whether you how long you last, and people don't tend to last long. And I think he oh, went down Christ. like a lead balloon. Yeah, I mean the thing is, it's like that's the thing about uh, stand up is. Like, some of the funniest people I know, like, way funnier than most comics I know, just couldn't do stand-up. There's something else going on there. It's not... It's hard to describe, but I've, I've seen many people go up there with with a lot of confidence, only to be humbled. So... But I bet the good, the good ones are the ones that have died the most, I would have thought, as well. Mm, I haven't, really. No, just kidding. Really? Um, you know, actually, do you know what's funny? is the first time I did stand-up... I knew that, um, and this is 15 years ago. I remember go, I went to an open mic in Albuquerque, yeah. and I remember driving there, shitting my pants, with everything in every core of my being telling me to turn around and leave, and I somehow got myself to do it. And um, some people have, have an approach to stand up where they're confident and they just go, "Oh, I'll be able to fucking pull something out of my ass," and they're very. Um, they have a very loose idea of what they're going to do, and they tend to do badly. I was so, I was so, first of all, scared of doing it, and so aware that if it went badly, I'd never do it again. That I spent probably a year 
I don't think that's an exaggeration, about a year writing and prepping and planning for it. So I went up and did three minutes verbatim of this set and did fucking great. Like, it was really good. Um, now I'm just bragging. I don't know what my point was there. Um, and then I, but, but I will say this. I continued to do well for a few little shows. And then the first time I had my, like, a bad set, it was... Well, I always tell people if they're thinking of doing stand-up comedy, it's a good way to, to make any night potentially be the worst night of your life. And it can happen. And and I've had some soul destroying. I'm gonna blow my brains out moments since then. But the, but the hard thing about stand up is once you've been doing it long enough, you've invested so much time and gone through so much shit that you can never really quit. You can't get out of it. Otherwise, it was all for nothing. So maybe JB was lucky that it went bad and he'll never do it again. And now he's not stuck. If that makes sense. I would pay quite a lot of money for a recording of that night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate seeing that. <laughs> I, uh, I see it all the time. Ooh. Listen, I'm, I'm going to dip out because, well, for two reasons. Yeah. I, I want, I want to spend the night with Mark too. Um, two, uh, I want to be able to have something fun to listen to tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. So, you can't... Eddie, why don't you um, do Dougie's goodbye for him as as Dougie? I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. No, 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 no. You no, sent no, no. me the voice clip. It was outstanding. Right. They already. Somebody already shared it. I, I think it was Jonesy. They already heard it. Yeah, I did that. Um... No. No. Do it. Thank you. <laughs> No, I've already done it. Okay. Well, Eddie, I, wa- I won't be your Eddie. performing monkey. Yeah, thank you, Dougie. Sorry about the uh, sorry about the impression of you I did behind your back that you were never supposed to hear. I really enjoyed it, mate. I really enjoyed it. Listen, oh, I've good. been friends okay. with Russ for a long time. If that's if that's the best you've got, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, and yeah, thanks for two hundred. And I've listened to them all. Believe it or not. And, I don't believe uh, you. Uh, well. I, as I'm a completist, I literally can't do anything. And like I watched, um, you know, the series Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. One of the worst television programs and <laughs> television experiences of, of my life. Yeah, I couldn't get into uh, it. And I watched every episode of it. Yeah. Because I couldn't not. I, I mean, the one <laughs> where they just beat the IRA was incredible, but whatever. Um, and it's been a bit like that with, uh, with your podcast, Eddie. And I've also done all of yours, Tim, as well. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. An Eddie highlight from Doug Den. I'm sorry, I'm directing your own podcast, Eddie, but I just want to make sure you get plenty. Well, someone has to. Yeah. Go, go on, Doug, Dougie. What's your, what's, your fa- what's your biggest, best Eddie memory on his podcast? Uh, well, no. The, so, because that's a lot of, like, 200, so maybe, a, you know, 170 hours of podcasting. Um, hmm. that's, to recall it, I probably couldn't, but my, my favorite Eddie memory is the Mall Over Invitational when we called you. And you had oh god, no idea what was going on. It was incredible. Everyone was. It was me on my phone, 
and then Russ, a drunk Russ Milsom, just going around in a circle, showing the faces of everyone in the room who was also <laughs> drunk. And most of the people were super enthusiastic. But actually, Dougie was the highlight of that for me, because every time it would go back to him, he would be more and more pissed off <laughs> and confused as to why this was happening. <laughs> and then um, and then Ben's brother, who didn't know me and was extremely un- unhappy with that whole situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a good... Ever lived. Apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Frank's here! Brother Frank. For about 10 minutes. I had no idea. Okay, bye, Doug. That's why Dougie left. Now it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> okay, hello, Frank. Hey, Eddie, you right? Yes, we're just wrapping things up. Oh, that's well timed then. Yeah. You flew in here for the ending. Um, how's your day been? Uh, it's very good, thank you. Yeah, very, very productive. We've been... Um, Mostly complaining about the death, the death of have rugby. You the whole uh, Eron thing yet, or the the what? The Eron Reed thing. Yeah, have you covered that in detail yet? Or? Oh yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah, you're not knowing how to say the name Aaron. <laughs> oh Christ! See, you know what's funny? Is I couldn't understand what you were saying. Okay, <laughs> now listen, listen, listen. I know that. Actually, I don't know. I, I. I can't tell how much of this is deliberate gaslighting because I do rise to the bait. I find it impossible to believe that nobody has heard the name Aaron pronounced Aaron. Tim, have you ever heard the name Aaron? I don't know what you're Well, yeah, Aaron Painter, spelled totally differently, yeah. Oh, my (laughs) fucking God. Like, okay. (laughs) All of it... Is anyone... Is no one from, like, Essex or that area... Like... Everyone that I've spoken to insists that Aaron, like, we're aware of the name Aaron, but Aaron is more common. And of course, in the US, Aaron is uh, is how you pronounce it. No one would say Aaron here. What's that, Jonesy? Is it more common in Albuquerque or something? Well, it's definitely more common in Albuquerque, but but this is not this is the point I'm trying to make. It would be fine if I'd just been Americanized and accidentally said it, but I'm telling you, Mersey Island in Essex, um, there were tons of errands. Yeah, but you did about three different pronunciations like in my podcast. No, I didn't. Aaron. No, I didn't. Aaron. I I didn't. Oh, oh, I explained the different. Yeah. Well, we don't need to. You know what? Let's forget all this. What a, what a sour note we're going to leave in everyone's ears. I just want to see if anyone else's favourite Eddie uh, memory from 200 Podcasts is the fan fiction. Oh, yeah. We do need to bring that. Like, no, Matt doesn't like it. All right. <laughs> it, was, it, was excruci- it was excruciating and amazing to listen to at the same time. Well, it was Matt that start- on a weekly basis. Yeah, it was great yeah. fun. I loved it. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, as I, someone who I had a starring lived- role, it's yeah. yeah. I've got mixed yeah. feelings about it, and and he did an impression what? of me that wasn't particularly flattering. <laughs> Ow! So you were naked, well. really? <laughs> yeah. I, I find I don't. I honestly, I think that there were people on a train to London that honestly thought I was legitimately insane when I was listening to that one. <laughs> I, myself. I, had it, 
I had it on in the garden and I had to run very yeah. quickly for the volume because like my next door neighbours could hear every single word. I do get that a lot. <laughs> yeah. We I need to bring that back. That started as um with coworkers I used to read I don't know why this happened, but it was pirate erotic pirate fiction. <laughs> it was just fun to talk about people getting fucked in their assholes. And it was um I don't know how I made that I made that a part of a rugby podcast, but yeah, you're right. It was fantastic. Um, Wouldn't that all right, be well, we do need to wrap this up. We... <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch, Barn. Um, we do need to wrap this up because we're, we're, we're coming up on an hour, aren't we? Yeah, well, um, just a brief bit of Eddie AMA. What about that? Can we just fire, fire a few questions at you? Yeah, go ahead. Um, it is like how true is the whole English accent thing in America? Because when, when as a podcast we went to New York for that um, mm-hmm. premiership, premiership weekend, just we were all we we're all happily married and all the rest of it. But we were like, oh my god, if I was single here, it's yeah, insane. Yeah. No, it, it is. Like, it's... But, but that's in a place where they get a lot of Brits. I'm imagining down in New Mexico that there's yeah. no Brits. You must just be like, must be like well... people leaving slug trails all around you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think so. I mean, look, put it this way. My plan was to come out here for a year and then go back to the UK. But now I have 15 children. <laughs> That's why I'm here. No, so it's, it's, very, yeah. it's very true. Oh, it's very. Yeah, come on. You can punch way above. Well, I like to well, see. I don't know, because when I think of some of the absolute mingers that I've slept with, it makes me look bad. Um, I was always scared that that was, that that is why a girl would be into me. So I, I didn't really try to take advice. It's got to be true. Yeah. Come on. Within reason, you know, it's not like, I was going to say something really offensive. Next question. Well, Dunk just got back from America. Did you find it worked, Dunk? People definitely like the English oh. accent, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've yeah. not quite got Eddie's uh, Jim Hone body, which obviously mm. probably helps him as well. Will help. It helps, but I mean, no, I'm sure you cleaned up, Duncan. Um, yeah. Eddie AMA. Find out for yourself. Come, come and come and visit me and find out for yourself. Okay. So, I know you're not keen on players playing for other countries and stuff, but. If Eddie Jones had listened to one of your podcasts and heard your accent and called you up for the last World Cup, scraping the barrel a little bit, would you have gone? <laughs> a little bit. Oh, for for Australia? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd have gone. I Anything I could do to, to ruin their chances of winning, so yeah. <laughs> I'd be so shit... That's the thing. I would be so shit at rugby right now because... Um, I think I said this to you before, or to, I think I've mentioned this on my podcast, my it, my issues with my Achilles. Like, I'm on the record for saying my Achilles heel is my Achilles heel. I cannot, I ca- it, 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 no matter what I do, it always goes out on me. And it's, 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 I'm at the point now where um, I actually went to a, um, what is it called? A podiatrist? It might be called something else in England, but a foot expert. And um, to see if he could help me fix it. But he, um, I told him, he asked me what I'd been doing. And I, you know, I'd been Googling like things you can do to fix Achilles tendino- tendinosis, which is what it is. And um, 
he said basically i was well he said i was doing everything i should be doing he was really impressed at my knowledge most of the people that he sees are a bunch of fucking idiots he said um but the but so he sort of complimented me on doing the right things but nothing works so like i can't even sprint right now and i haven't been able to for a couple of years like if will i try it like i can will you scrum up i've heard you say that before. so it's weird so actually so i'm i'm only 510 and uh but i was 510 when i was about 12 so when i started playing rugby i was second row and then i moved to flanker um and then i moved to scrum half and scrum half i would say was easily my best position but when i played in the u.s it's like you kind of have to play wherever they're most they're they're the most shit so a lot of coaches also would look at me and just put me in the center so i played at center a lot sometimes on the wing but scrum half was my best position i would say but i never played at high level i played like county rugby at youth level that's it Who's your sort of uh, least favourite rugby coach? Is it Eddie Jones, Razzy Erasmus? Or... Well, come on, it's Razzy Erasmus. I despise Razzy Erasmus. I think he's a huge part of what is wrong with rugby today. I hate him. Although, so Tim, mm. Tim, Tim, you, you put your, uh, your YouTube videos up and they get thousands and thousands and thousands of views and likes, super, super popular. So I thought I'll jump in here as well. And I, and I put one up and I got three views for the first one. <laughs> and then I kept going. And now I'm at the point where I, I, I get, I'm doing it all right. It's just a thing that I like to do for fun now. And then who knows where it'll go. But um, when I watched England lose to South Africa in real time, which is one of the most, it's almost like a life. I don't know if anyone saw that. Like there was a time a year ago, if I had watched that match, I, I would have, torn my house down i would have lost my mind i would have punched my wife in the face i would have i would have fucking lost it and i was so calm during this because i just sort of adopted this annoying philosophical attitude to life so i recorded england losing in real time and i think it was a decent point i made but nobody gave a shit about the well it got very, very little response anywhere I put it, except, and I, I mentioned this on the pod, so you may have heard me say it. I put it on TikTok, where no one cares about rugby, I thought. I usually get maybe two likes for any uh, uh, rugby content. And I got tons of attention from South African fans who all loved me. They were like, they're like, oh. When, if, yeah. if you can tap into that, my God. That's no, that's what I was thinking. I was like. Because I was thinking that, like, I really shouldn't be alienating the South African fans. But the fact is, I mean, it's a very bizarre situation they got going on there with their coach and their whole mindset. This whole holier than thou, this, oh, unified. Uh, I don't want to get into it because I've already done it a hundred times. But all, all, yeah, all I, I about, all I'll say about Razi Rasmus is. Uh... He is he is a character. If you, if you sort of think like I think about it in sort of like WWE or something, he's a great he's a great villain. It's like Steve Diamond, <laughs> Eddie Jones. And well, you I'll know, take, I'll I'll take loads of them over. To be honest, Steve Borthwick, who wow, yeah, I, I, I just be, like if Steve Borthwick could come out of himself a little bit and just do something. I think he's a great coach, but I just want yeah. him to be a bit interesting and exciting. Like, I know what you're saying Razzy Rasmus does something. 
Yeah, he is charismatic, but by that token, you know, Adolf Hitler would have been a good WWE wrestler, wouldn't he? <laughs> I mean, talk about a heel that people could all unify behind and hate. Shit, rugby coach, though. Goring. We don't know that. I don't. You don't know that. Yeah. Goring. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I will say that. You cut out there, Jonesy. Don't worry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what Hitler doesn't know about lineup moves is not worth knowing, really, so... <laughs> Agreed. Um, but, yeah, but Razzy Erasmus is obviously a very good rugby coach. Just like the players are really good. The team is really good. They're just my least favourite. But the fans are great. I love them. Yeah, your, your not... listenership in Ireland's not going to be great. Is it Ireland and South Africa are the two, aren't they? Oh, the Irish fans used to drive me insane, but I've I've gotten over that. But that's because that's because the Irish are really bad losers, but they're not terrible winners, in my opinion. Whereas the South Africans are terrible losers and terrible winners. I find they're all absolutely fine if you're next to them in the stands. So I think you sort of talk about the no. Like, uh, I totally stand, agree. In the pub, yes, like, yeah. Absolutely fine. And then you look up on your phone. No, it's, and you're like, oh, it's just well, it's people. Person. It's people in general, isn't it? It's like the Irish, the Welsh, certainly the Irish, um, <laughs> and Australians. They sort of collectively hate us, but personally, if I'm if I meet them in myself personally, I get on really well with them. So that's true. Isn't everybody in America Irish anyway, though? So. But yeah, I believe so. That's so annoying. We've talked about that, I think. What, what are you doing on Thursday or Friday? Oh, for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Um, I don't really celebrate it, not because it's like, a, not because I'm not American, but because I have nothing to be thankful for and my life is a living hell. <laughs> but I, I will be, I will be going. <laughs> I will be going with my girlfriend over to my mother's house and there'll be food there. But they're all vegetarians. No. It's 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 up there. I'd say, you know, Thanksgiving, Easter Thanksgiving and Easter are big and then Christmas is still the big one, in, in at least in my experience. But I was gonna say my family are all um like my mother's side of the family are all vegetarians. And I, I've been on a carnivore diet for the last uh, sort of two months. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. They eat fish, though. So I'll just eat fish. Nut roast. I don't know if anyone's tried... What, nut roast? Yeah, you're having Disgusting. a nut roast. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. With it... If things go according to plan, with any luck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any more? Any more questions for me? No, I feel like I a real prick. What's your PB? You know, you know more than me. Uh, just Matt. Just remember that I know a lot about you too. This is um, my PB bench. We're not talking about these things. No. Yeah, we got each other's backs. Um... Did I tell you? You just remind me. I took, so my, my, my PB bench uh, from probably two years ago now, and you'd have to convert it into kilos because I don't I, I do everything in pounds. Um, 
which is ironic when you think about it. Um, I did, I did bench 405, 405 pounds, but I don't think I could do that right now. 183 kilos. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. yeah, but my, but, but I, I, I'm not joking. I won't tell you my deadlift. I bench more than I deadlift, which is sad, but I've had, I've had a few back injuries as well that have stalled me on that. But what about you, Jonesy? What's your what's your bench PR? Still recovering from the surgery, sir. It's shit at the moment. What's what surgery did you have? I don't remember that. Bicep, didn't I? My retirement game. Oh was... yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. What a bastard that is. That sucks. You have to retire I've been now. lucky with that in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had any major injuries. It's all like little niggly stuff like my uh, my Achilles and, uh, yeah, recurring back. But here's an interesting thing. One of the reasons I went on the carnivore diet is I wanted to get rid of sugar and um, I just took it to an extreme level, got rid of carbs altogether. When I... Um, First, I think some of you may have heard me talk about this. When I first cut sugar out of my diet, um, I used to have just chronic back pain, and it completely went away when I got rid of sugar. So that's a uh, something, to, something to think about. I just thought of, um, I just thought of an interesting story. Did I tell you about this, Matt? Because we sometimes we talk about, you know, we'll have trans discussions and um did i tell you about the the chick the chick with the nice back that i saw in in albuquerque no, i think i told this story nice. i was out I, I was at a bar and there was a you want to tell it now? A girl yeah well i've kind of spoiled the ending of it actually i was out with some friends and there was a girl um playing pool and she had like a low-cut dress and i was like but she had quite an athletic back <laughs> Which is kind of which. So Matt and I. The reason I mentioned Matt is that we share uh, we share a love of of athletic women. So I pointed out. I was like. I was like. I said. I like. Look at that girl. Look at that back. She's got a nice back. You don't see girls with a back like that often. My friend's like, who are you pointing at? I said, the girl there, the red dress. And then my friend, that piece of shit, AJ Martinez. He goes, Eddie, that's a dude. And it was. And it was it was it was a do it wasn't like a trans woman it was a man with a thick beard who happened to be wearing a dress. <laughs> so I'm gay. I'm not, but nevertheless, nice back. Also, a really nice cock. So... <laughs> uh, I don't find them attractive. Just uh, just confusing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, all right <laughs> all right well shall we shall we wrap it up That's no great, pun intended out, yeah okay so um well thanks for being on the podcast and thanks for contributing so much uh extra special thanks to you tim tim cocker it was a huge honor to have you on here um i didn't even Shut sufficiently up, praise you no 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 i um there was a good I, I so i've been listening to egg chasers i didn't i think i started right after your fourth member stopped doing it the northerner black black the rugby league black yeah 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 i don't think i ever got any with hit with him on but it was close enough to that period that you would you would mention him a bit more 
And um, no, I, I think I even left a review 15 years ago or whatever the hell it was um, that it actually helped me get through some through some pretty rough times because I didn't have anything going on in my life. I didn't have anyone to talk to about rugby. And uh, it was then and continues to be the thing that I look forward to each week. I love it. That isn't why I do it, but I appreciate it anyway. Okay. <laughs> you do it for you. Well, Russ came back. Russ came back to yeah, say I goodbye. Um, I, was, I was doing it for those cornerstone... I was doing it for those cornerstone... That cornerstone cash. Oh, so cornerstone cash, yeah. You do! Every day. I never did that. I never contributed in any way, although I am a, a Patreon member, so I... I do my bit. Is that like me saying I did it? For, I did it for the, uh, the the manscape tool. Oh, I remember that too. I've, still, I've got that. that and all. That's a good one. Yeah, I knew it. Matt bought it with a bit of discount code from all over. Yeah. And I think I think at one point, Matt, would you care to share with us your per, your perfectly groomed? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> it's, it's just the nose hair one as well. Oh. We can also be used for the anus. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's after you press, press, press stop on the recording. Okay. When, no, no, just one question. So the, for you, Eddie, so, so the Mallover mm. boys have kind of finished. I hope they can resurrect it. But I was thinking this the other day. When does it end? How, how, how sort of... How long do people podcast for? Because if we, I know, it's, it's weird. Still the early days. Do you, there must be an age where you go, right, fuck it, I need to grow up now. I yeah, I don't know. You're gonna keep going. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just getting started. I feel like. If you listen to certain women on on X and Twitter, or, or not just women, certain people, um, po- podcasting is just <laughs> middle aged men talking to each other in their own echo chambers. Anyway, isn't it? Got a few years. That's then. all podcasting is. Yeah. yeah. Stick yeah. with the YouTube, Eddie. Keep, keep at it, mate. Yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. Keep growing. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, yes. Thank you, Tim. We're ending things, Russ. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, Ben. Okay. Um, <laughs> we were... <laughs> uh, and thank you. Um, oh, um, Frank, did you have anything you wanted to say before you leave?